Hello everybody and welcome to this session as part of uh, Guru Live. Uh, my name is Tim Hunter, I'm one of the executive directors at BAFTA, so a very warm welcome to this uh, session on networking, which is part of the Guru Live Spring Programme, uh, which is jointly programmed by BAFTA Scotland and Wales. Um, we have on this, uh, for this session, we have Farah Abishwesha and Kate Crowther, uh, who I will introduce probably in a second, who are going to talk to you about networking, but also about the kind of skills and uh, things that kind of people need to demonstrate with uh, when they're um, looking for work, particularly for sort of entry-level positions. Um, but hopefully you'll be leaving this session with lots of good networking tips and kind of things to help, help you to guide, uh, guide the conversation in those all important networking sessions, which uh, nobody loves, uh, but are kind of uh, an essential part of, of um, any job really. Um, but more on that in a minute. Uh, before we get started, um, just a couple of things to say. So if you have any questions that you want to ask, please put them in the Q&A uh, function, which should be at the bottom of your screen. Uh, and we'll answer them uh, later. We'll answer them in the sort of third part um, uh, of the session. Uh, closed captioning is also available, which you can also turn on at the bottom uh, using the, the button on the bottom of the screen. Uh, and you can follow a live transcript of the event via a link that you'll be sent in the chat. Uh, what we also thought would be a nice idea in this uh, session as it's about networking is if you could, uh, if you're happy to, uh, to put in the chat who you are, kind of what your role is uh, that will help us to see who we've got in the audience but uh, so we can tailor the session accordingly um, but also as this is a session on networking it might be if you're comfortable again uh, to it might be an opportunity to connect with other people so do feel free to connect to people in the chat if there's anybody that you think that would be a useful contact for me uh, and put some of the different tips and advice that we have um, that you get through this session into practice uh, so the format of the session, we're going to start off with Farrow, who's going to give you a general sort of uh, overview of some of the tips and advice that uh, she's she's got from, from many years in the industry. Um, and we, uh, Farrow um, is a producer in her own right, but we've worked together for many, many years and she is, she's got a very strong reputation as a good networker, but I was just saying it's not something that she particularly enjoys, but um, Farrah, do you want to tell us a little bit about yourself and then move on to your I, I, I would, um, My name is Farrah Bushwisha. I am an Irish Libyan uh, producer and writer, and uh, I've been nominated for a BAFTA and an EFA uh, European Film Academy Award, which is marvellous. And that is how I introduce people to my eyes. Not to my friends, not when I'm going out socialising in the pub with people, because I think that there's a massive difference between hi <laughs> and, uh, you know, pitch yourself, but just be able to kind of share who was. So it'd be really great if everybody could just stick in the chat where everybody could see just, you know, we can see your name, but just um, what you do or what you're interested in, whether it's writing, directing, producing, cinematography, and then we can help kind of tailor this conversation a little bit bit towards you. So I'm going to put in time. Hi, I'm a producer. There we go. That's me done. I've started you all off. Um, um, the other thing to string to your bow is the Rockcliffe New Writing Forum, which yeah. uh, just tells a little bit about that. Well, the BAFTA Rockcliffe New Writing Initiative was started over 22 years ago, and it was a way to get writers, actors, directors, and producers in a room together talking about material and just creating a network because I realized that without contacts and without a connection um, with other people that I wouldn't have a career. I needed to have people that I could work with as a producer. I needed scripts to work with. I needed directors, I needed actors, all those essential things. And then following on from that, you know, talking to people about who they liked as cinematographers, who they liked as production designers and just calling in those favors to make those short films early on in my career. So I did create my own network and it was rather ambitious, but I just thought it was, great to get out there and just you know meet people and of course it was in a pub so what could possibly go wrong you know um creativity and alcohol it's it's been you know as some people describe it's the red wine pass um so yes yeah, so please don't be afraid of saying hello because this is is the first stage of of doing that i think also when you're introducing people um just to keep your energy high because if you're like negative and lacking in energy and this goes for interviews which Kate will will talk about as well and look for jobs if you're apologetic and mumbling you know and lack interest in yourself and are very self-deprecating um why should 
I'd be interested in you if you have no interest in you. And I think that that's something, I mean, you don't have to be jumping around like, you know, the Easter bunny, but, you know, just be really kind of have a little bit of enthusiasm and a smile. And as I was saying earlier, even though I've got this reputation of knowing everybody and, you know, um, networking, I, it, it, I hate going into the room. I have to literally lean in and take a deep breath and just walk into a room and just go hi to people. So I've got a couple of tips for people, take them or lose them, like even just opening, having an opening sentence for people and a getaway sentence, which I think is really important too. But what I would say to all of you is you cannot ignore talent and especially new talent in the industry. You are the backbone of the industry because we all know that you are the next generation coming through. Um, and you know, there's uh, William Goldman and there's a brilliant, um, uh, on YouTube, there's a brilliant sort of interview with him about uh, adventures in screen trade. And he says in that, that, you know, he talks about a senior exec who goes home with 50 scripts and each one he picks up, he said, maybe this is the one. And that is the attitude that many of us have to have about everybody that we meet, just an openness of spirit and not think that everybody else is a waste of time and a shyster and whatever else. And if you do meet somebody that you don't want to talk to or just monopolizing you a little bit too much, just go, do you know, it's been lovely talking to you, but I'm, I'm going to go and get a drink at the bar or I'm going to go to the toilet or I'm just do you know what I've seen somebody over there I really want to catch up but it's been really lovely to talk to you and that's an easy way to you know are you on Insta are you on Twitter are you on you know whatever social media is the thing of the day and just you know say that or are you on LinkedIn or whatever else those are the kind of easy ways in and easy ways out easy way out and I think that you know networking is important and it, it serves a purpose a huge purpose because and everybody hates it because they think it's about you know oh having to put yourself out there and you know there is that kind of English and Irish kind of sense of I'm not good enough and I'm an imposter there is that thing of fake it till you make it but it's also about connecting with people that you might have something in common with you know if you're at a film festival ask people what films they're seeing or what do they think of that film or have they seen other films by that filmmaker um you know just turn around and have a conversation it doesn't have to be what do you do and how can you benefit my career you know it's it's literally about finding out who somebody is finding out about their work what do they like to do and seeing if there's a connection there um you know no man is your friend no man is your enemy and every man is your teacher or woman or person, I, you know, I've got to be, that's an ancient phrase, so I'm just quoting directly from that, not actually putting any gender specificity on it. Um, but, you know, I think that, that people feel very uncomfortable and awkward. So there are ways to get around it by just having three or four questions in the back of your mind, like ask people about what they do. People love to talk about themselves. And, you know, it's very easy to draw them out on that. You know, what do you do is a very simple opening kind of gambit. Um, or oh, I loved, if somebody's asked a question at a, at a Q and A, oh, I loved what you said about that. Or if you're going to a Q and A, um, you know, in, in of a, like at a, at a festival or a BAFTA screening or, you know, one of the events, you know, ask somebody, what's the development process or what was their breakthrough job or, you know, how do you keep your voice in your work? Or how do you, you know, anything that you've stumbled across, ask them because everybody's got their own version and how to get their moment. Or where do your ideas come from? Um, and how do you cope with procrastination? And how do you cope with writer's block? And how do you cope with confidence crisis? And how do you network? <laughs> and you'll be surprised at what people come back with. So I know I've kind of jumped through a lot of things. I can go through my list of 10 things, Tim, if you want me to, or if you want to interject at this point and ask me anything. I've got a couple of follow-up questions. So um, one of the things that um, were that you said is about sort of research and being specific in your questions and kind of you just talk a little bit about how you might go about, about yeah, that. I think that you have to, you know, you have to have a strategy or at least be, be a little bit savvy and do a little bit of homework before you turn up to, to certain things. So, you know, research who the speakers are. Um, you know, with Kate and myself, we have a body of work that any one of the people here may or may not have seen. And a, a very quick sort of research in IMDb will let you know if um, you've seen our work. So just do a little bit of homework on people. And that, because everybody likes to be flattered, don't go in there saying what you hate about certain things that we've done <laughs> because you know it, it's this is a subjective industry and what's your cup of tea may not be my cup of tea and you know it, and I think that that's something that that so have that kind of strategy 
And, you know, the internet is your best friend and, you know, it's filled with kind of information and interviews and websites. And, you know, there's so much information on hand. I mean, if you haven't got time to watch somebody's um, work, I mean, what I do sometimes if I'm going for a job interview and I haven't managed to see, say it's for TV or film and I haven't managed to see that person's work, then um, what I do is I look at the trailers. I know it's a bit of a cheat, but you get an idea of what it is. And then I'll also read, have a quick skim. You know, if I've got 10, 15 minutes, a quick skim. Now this is the cheating, by the way. It's not exactly what we should all be doing. You should watch people's work. But you know, this is about the research. If you haven't got much time, just literally, you know, check somebody out, check what the interviews are that they've talked about, read the trivia on that particular project and see, you know, find out something about it that you can connect with them. But again, I think it's look them up, watch their programs, see if there's any interviews, and ideally do it the night before or the day before and just spend it, it can take just an hour or two um, to actually go through people's work. Um, before you send out like scripts and ask people to read things, just ask them, you know, where they're at and if they're busy and stuff. Because for me to read a script, I'm a really slow reader and it takes me for a TV script, which is what, 50, 60 pages. That takes me about an hour and a half. Also making my notes on the side, which is probably why I'm a bit slower. And so uh, a, a film script with my notes may take me up to three or four hours, possibly longer, which is time that is taking away from my own projects. And so that's really important that people respect my time. I'm usually happy to do a 15 minute meet uh, with somebody and just have a quick, quick chat with them. And I think that that's something, you know, be able to say who you are very, very quickly and, you know, and what you've made or what you've done. Think of it sort of life as a, that, that sort of, they call it the elevator pitch, that two minute pitch. Don't tell everybody the plot and synopsis and actually scene by scene breakdown of your project that you've worked on. They'll watch it or they'll read it, but that's quite time consuming. And I find myself going, oh my God, they're telling me everything about the film. How do I get out of this conversation? You know, have your 25 word pitch. We all have to do it. This is industry standard. Um, so I think, yeah, does that kind of answer your question, Tim? It's just about really. Yeah. Spending time doing a little bit of research. And yeah. that website is brilliant for interviews and like panels with people talking about different subjects as well. So there's a yeah. whole online information. I think for me, that point that you said about how you connect with the work is really key because ultimately this is about selling yourself and saying, this is what, you know, this is my perspective and this might be useful to you in a work situation. So to be able to say, look, I know that you filmed in Northern Ireland and I'm from Northern Ireland, or I know that you were tackling these areas of representation and that's something that's really important to me, that finding those connections, because ultimately it's a way of flattering them, but then returning to talking about yourself. Flattery gets you everywhere. Flattery goes a long, long way. Do not go into a job interview telling somebody or a meeting like what well, you didn't like about their work. It's, it's like, start with the good things. Always start with the positive, even in feedback about scripts and stuff. You know, if you're reading somebody else's work, start with what you liked about it. Um, I think that's really, really important. Just keep that connection you know that connectivity going and, and really be very clear with people about what it is that that you liked about their work or their choices Brilliant. cool so you've got 10 tips for us i do take it away <laughs> right so and some some of these are like where to 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 go and stuff but again have a strategy or a game plan start with who you know your own kind of network maybe you know the local um festival programmer in your region maybe you know the local cinema owner you know talk to them about maybe setting up like a, a drinking session or a session for people to meet up with after a certain screening or if there's a possibility to do a screening of some short films that kind of thing and just get people to kind of pitch in in that way don't have an expectation that anyone owes you anything because they don't nobody owes you their time um, so I think that's that's one of the things to, to be considered. The internet's your best friend. It's filled with friends and lots and lots about the industry. So get online. You can network without even having to leave your bed if you want to. Um, you know, there's lots of kind of online um, things. A lot of comedians use kind of Twitter and different kind of and Instagram to do little uh, reels and stuff and to hit jokes online. I think that that's quite a useful way of, of getting yourself out there. Attend, look up your local, um, you know, where are your local film festivals? Um, 
where are your local film events within your region and find out who your regional film body is. Um, you know, you've got, um, you know, there's the BFI, which is nationwide, there's Creative England, there's Film Cymru, there, there's Scottish Screen, there's so many different avenues, Northern Ireland Screen, so many, just get onto their mailing list. Um, I would also say that, you know, attend conferences, attend the TV and writers conferences, the film conferences, like Manchester Film Festival had a whole series of in-person um, kind of panels that were really useful. And there were some lovely people in the room and they had TV and coffee out so you could have a, a quick coffee and a, and a drink with people afterwards. And that was, you know, it was, it was really nice because you've just heard somebody talk. So you've got a re reason to approach them or you've heard somebody ask a question, you know, and it was really interesting to kind of um, have that connectivity again, especially after the last two years. We're not gonna mention the C word. Um, but also, you know, you can turn around to somebody at a film festival that you just have a, you meet standing at the bar and you just go, you know, what are you looking forward to seeing or what have you seen in the festival that you've liked or that kind of thing. Um, volunteer is a great way to make connections, volunteering at a, at a you know, at a festival, an event, an organization, holding your own screening. Um, you know, it's a great way to get an inside track of what's going on and meeting other like-minded people. Um, again, don't bombard people when approaching them and, and pitch at them, but, you know, ask for a coffee. Don't ask somebody to read something, ask them for a coffee. And people will, once they've made that connection with you and they like you, they will think about you and think of ways to try and help you. By and large, people do. Um, when meeting people, um, you know, know your project, know, you know, know it in, in one line and be able to sum it up, you, whether it's what you've worked on or what you're interested in making, don't go on about it. I mean, I know I'm, I'm talking a lot here, but I've been asked to, but, you know, just be really concise in, in what you say, and, you know, and give them the space to ask you whether they can read it, that they, they'll read it or not, or if, if it's something you want them to read or watch, don't assume that they will. Um, be clear about what you want from any kind of meeting that you're asking people to have. You know, if you're going for coffee, be really, you know, clear about, you know, what it is. Is it that you're looking for advice on agents? Are you looking for feedback? Are you looking for connections? Are you looking for introductions to get work? Be really clear about the, it's okay to turn up and tell me, you know, I really want to get, I really want to work in the industry or um, I really want to find out about internships or I may not know about these things, but I may be able to send you off in the right direction. Um, before meeting, do your homework. I think I've touched on that already. Um, make a list of questions to ask. How did you get into the business? Um, you know, who helped you most when you started out? Uh, what would you do differently now? What do you like in a project? You know, most people are, are, are you know, interested and comfortable talking about what they know. So just draw them out and, and don't forget to breathe as you ask questions. It's really important because there's nothing worse than having somebody anxious but that really helps you know what i do before every i mean this is another tip before every networking or kind of you know um you know get together or a panel that i do and tim doesn't know this but i go into the toilets and i have there's mirrors and i do the power pose for two minutes I grounds you and you just start breathing so if you have a look at look it up the power pose it's like you're standing like you know like uh, Mo Farah and stuff I mean I have it's like and you go in and you stare at yourself for two minutes but it, I think and apparently it leads to success I don't know but I do know that it has grounded me and it keeps me a lot calmer and I'm not that kind of because I used to have this shake that was in my hair whenever I was having to speak publicly or because at drama school they used to talk about the shake which is why I always have my hair tied back when I'm doing anything like this so you can't see the little tremor because of course you can make me as big or as small as you want we're all human beings at the end of the day and then just yeah the questions and then as I said um you know have be able to have them um, I was talking about business cards before I think that's a bit antiquated but on my phone in my contacts I have Farah Bush with your card and I just share my email and my phone number with people my website with people um, now and it's just you know you can send it to them on a whatsapp and so that's really useful big huge thing that I've said before is when you've met with somebody and they've given you your time write to them and thank them thank yous go a long long way and you know what because once you've bonded with somebody you know it, it's um it, it's it's really great and you do want to help them if they're nice don't bombard people they don't get back to you they're entitled not to get back to you. If they, you know, take a, a long time to read something, 
you know, they're busy. So just don't get rude about it. Don't have an expectation that they will meet you or that they will look at your work or they will get you work. It's, it's not a given, but, you know, just be pleasant. You know, honey is better than vinegar. And I think if you're asking people to help you, you know, don't, um, you know, just remember that. Sign up to all of the trades, like broadcast screen, the stage, BAFTA, many places like Skillset, the BFI, all have mailing lists. Get on it because you'll see BBC Writers Room because they'll talk about sort of events that they've got on. They'll also talk about, you know, um, masterclasses that they're running and training courses, short little training courses, which are great initiatives to meet people. And a, a thing that I said years ago, I didn't get funding for the BFI for years. And the truth of it is, that was my fault. I literally only applied for one or two things over the course of about three or four years. And I took that rejection as a kind of, um, you, you know, well, they don't, they're not interested in me. Why, why didn't they give me this? And it was only when I started to apply more regularly um, for funding applications that, you know, the, the standard of my work and the standard of my applications become, became much better. So I think don't be put off by one rejection, you know, keep applying, um, you know, Writers Room get hundreds of thousands of, of, of scripts and even at Rockcliffe with the BAFTA Rockcliffe competition we you know we get between 200 and 900 scripts on some competitions some of them are less popular than others but you know it's all about just getting into the practice of applying and putting yourself out there and that's part of the network so that's really that's I've, I've run through so <laughs> no I think that last point but um pitching yourself and kind of the applicant funding applications it's all about being an advocate for your work and one of the things that really helped me in networking situations was somebody said to me like don't think of yourself as representing yourself represent your work and like I think people are more comfortable talking about what they're working on and kind of you know you're doing these things because you're passionate about them so you should be able to talk about them and just think about it, reframe it in your mind that you're going there to talk about what you do, what you do well, what you can kind of bring to a project. Um, with that in mind, we haven't had a, uh, a huge response on the chat. Maybe people can talk about a project that they're working on currently and you might feel a bit more comfortable doing that. So please do add in into the chat anything that you're working on at the moment that you kind of want to share and maybe you'll make some connections that way. Um, I love the idea of you doing a power pose. <laughs> I never knew that about you. That was brilliant. Well, what um, I do now, Tim, it's not something I do in the <laughs> in public. <laughs> no, I kind of wish you would. Um, I often I've got certain tracks that I listen to uh, when I need to boost my confidence, and I think that those rituals like build kind of you know all the good endorphins uh, response in your body. So, um, like I think little habits like that, whatever they are actually help you because you kind of they trigger um you know those memories and and help you to relax um cool that was brilliant uh, oh and the other thing i think my other tip would be to zero in on people like farah because farah you can spot people like that in a crowd where who love introducing people and love connecting people uh, and if you can find one of those at a networking event then you know they're worth their weight in gold so that would be my other tip that's a really good point and I and I say this without any sort of uh, bashfulness whatsoever I am really good and I'm really generous with my contacts not everybody is that way but I know I am actually I just feel it's really important to either send the ladder back down or help people in a room by making an introduction um, but also you don't come near me unless I've got half a glass of wine <laughs> but Kate you know the reason why Kate and I are here today is because we want to connect with with you guys so if you're not comfortable telling everybody in the room who you are even just tell us because we're always looking for people and new talent and you know we we, we work on a lot of projects every year so you know and we know people are always looking for people so please do connect in that way yeah brilliant okay that's a nice segue on to Kate so Kate is an exec producer currently working for Badwell well um, so Kate, could you just do a little quick intro for yourself? Yeah, so yeah, I'm an exec producer at Bad Wolf. Um, I've been a freelance jobbing producer for many years before that, um, working both uh, in, originally in Wales and then out of London, but generally shooting all around the country. Um, I came 
into the industry late, in my late 20s, um, having had a previous career. Uh, so I think I'm always looking for new entrants and what skills they've got that are kind of transferable. I think that's really um, an interesting point of conversation for anybody looking to uh, burst into the industry, really. And I think now is a, a really good time for people because it's so busy out there. So we're constantly looking for new people across all departments all the time. Uh, and also with social media and things like that, there are so many ways now to find out about what the opportunities are. Um, sort of back when I started out, you, you just kind of had to be at the, in the right place at the right time in a way to hear about those opportunities. Whereas now, just this week, I've seen two production companies advertising for assistant roles um, just because I follow them on Instagram. So I think there's lots of ways of kind of really being plugged into the industry as you're starting to, to join. Cool. And um, what are the things that you think people can do to make themselves stand out either kind of before a job or kind of once they're in, in the role? What are the kind of traits that you look for? One of the first things to, to really think about is how to present yourself positively. So when you're particularly when you're trying to break into the industry, it's it's a natural reaction, I think, to think about what you what you can't do and to kind of say in your letter or in your email. Um, you know, I, I have no experience. Never start off from that point. Start off with what you can do and what's transferable because we've all done something that is, is relatable to an industry because basically entry positions, you know, you're going to be making tea. You're going to be kind of doing the kind of general running around for people. Everyone's done some of that at some point. So really think about what you can do and why that's useful to me. I think Farah really uh, has touched on this already, but absolutely know the... Uh, projects that are made by the company that you're going for know what we make know be able to talk about that so if you're particularly interested in thrillers look for companies that make thrillers it's a really good place to start that's not to say you might not end up working at a comedy company that might not be your favorite genre but it might be an opening and that's great but if you're going for that comedy interview and you haven't got much knowledge about it gen up on it um, we've talked about Farah talked about some tricks for that so you can do things like read reviews and, and um, you know as, as was mentioned before watch clips <clears throat> ideally watch whole episodes if you can but time can be short but really make sure you know for each company you're going for don't see it as a generic kind of uh, send out to companies tailor your email to each company and then tailor your interview to each company because it makes a difference you know I've, I've heard so many people say well, I've done a media degree, I just want to work in the media. That's not particularly attractive to me. Right. Um, we have, in the past, we've surveyed our members and asked them what's the kind of key skill that you look for in new entrants. And the one that comes up top every time is initiative. Do you have any thoughts about how people can demonstrate that um, and what you kind of, what you, how you interpret initiative? Yeah, I think it's a really hard one to demonstrate, but there are ways of doing it. I think that certainly... Um, and this is something that I would never have thought about all those years ago, but the more I kind of see and the longer I'm in the industry, I think, okay, it would have been so easy for me to show on my CV that I had a knowledge of story and that I had initiative if I'd been involved in a book club, a film club, you know, a TV club, whatever, any of those things, anything that's to do with story. Um, my default way back in the day would have been to say, I really enjoy reading and uh, going to watch films. It's just not enough now, everybody says that. So you need to kind of look a bit deeper and get into the skin of that and say what it is. So if you're, if you're part of a film club, then I know that you're thinking analytically about things. I know you're thinking about story as well as kind of being able to get a group of people together and all of those basic skills that are involved with clubs, for example. Cool. And you talked about, uh, about the sort of line between being pushy and self-confident. <laughs> How do you navigate that? How's that? Where is that for you? I imagine it's different for everyone, but. I mean, it, is a, it is a really tricky one, I think. Um, but I think, again, as far as I touched on earlier, it's about kind of send that initial email, but don't chase up too quickly. We're all busy sometimes. I don't get to my emails for a couple of weeks, you know, my non-urgent ones. Um, and also, as, as again, as far as I said, don't kind of go into too much detail. Don't automatically assume I'm going to read your script. But you can send me a little, you know, a paragraph pitch and then say, if you're interested, I can send more material on. So it's, I think it's about tiptoeing a bit in. So kind of getting your foot in the door and then opening the door a bit wider and getting in rather than trying to burst in straight away. Cool. 
Um, and you also talked about having rounded uh, knowledge of the arts more broadly. Could you just speak about that a little bit? Why that's important? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. I think it's really important to kind of um, to to know about new writers, new directors, new talent. A really good way of getting into that is not just via television or film or whatever you, whichever um, you're looking to get into, but also by local theatre groups, for example. Um, certainly in Cardiff, when I was kind of earlier on in my career, we we all kind of, you know, actors, directors, producers, aspiring people, we all hung out in the same places, we went to the same new theatres and stuff, we got to know each other, we got to build connections. People have made feature films based on those connections. Um, so I think it's a really good to kind of think not just about television, but about all the, you know, the theatre stuff, the, the film stuff that's happening locally as well. The uh, other thing that I think you mentioned in the film, which I think is really important, is um, is the point that you made about socioeconomic background and kind of um, and that your particular passion for the kind of lifting people up who are from low income backgrounds. Yeah, Can you speak about, about that and how that relates as well to people working outside London. Yeah, well, I think there's I I think there are more opportunities for people um, in the nations and regions simply because it's just standard of living is. I mean, has been cheaper. It's increasingly, you know, the gap is is uh, closing in, but it has been cheaper. So I think it's easier sometimes for people from backgrounds where they haven't got um, ins through family members or whatever to to break into the industry. Certainly, I did. I wasn't from a, uh, an arts background at all, um, and uh, I just think it's it's absolutely possible to make those connections um, going forward, and increasingly companies are having to uh, to look to a wider group of people, for, certainly for new entrants. And I think that it's a good time really to kind of celebrate our differences. Brilliant. Um, the thing is, with with all of these networking um, environments and kind of pitching yourself, like it's about demonstrating to the person that you can solve the problem for them often. And it's like saying, this is, this is how I can be helpful to you. And that's kind of this kind of focus for the conversations. So with that in mind, are there any things that you or Bad Wolf kind of struggle with in terms of recruitment or finding people with the exact um, skill set that you need that kind of you could share with the, the audience that they can help to think that can help to think about how they would pitch themselves to you or somebody at Bad Wolf? Well, I think I think it sort of goes back to my point of so always start positively, always start with what you can do. Um, so I think uh, I, I see time and time again, you know, I don't have any experience in the industry, but then next paragraph down, it will be, you know, I did work experience on a, on a films when I was in doing my A-levels. Well, start with that. Start with, I have, you know, I've helped coordinate a load of short films. You know, it's start with those, those positive bit points of experience, even if they're not in the industry, if you've worked, you know, if you've had any kind of um, client facing role, then that's that's something that's, you know, is part of our jobs, you know. So I also accept that entry level positions might be about doing those things like making a cup of tea. So, you know, you can, or you can always start with I make a really great cup of tea. You know, it's a it's a it's a good skill. It's a skill we can build on. Yeah. But uh, definitely it was win favours with me. Uh, Tea, tea drinker. Um, Farah, do you have any thoughts on, on that in terms of the like how you can identify how you can be helpful to somebody so that you can really focus your pitch? Um, <clears> hi. <throat> I also think that that writing, putting, you know, this putting down that you're a driver, that you've got a clean, full, clean driver's license. Um, I've seen that I have also, when I was line producing, hired runners uh, because they had done a first aid course. And actually, even though that the first aid course had expired, um, I had actually, you know, put them through the renewal course because it was easier and quicker to yeah. do than anything else. I think the pleasant personality goes a long way. And I think that don't oversell yourself as much as undersell yourself. Um, and it's that self-deprecation thing. Don't, you know, at, and that's something that Kate also touched on was the entry level. I've never been a runner, uh, but I have run around on my own film sets making, you know, so I've done the equivalent. I've made short films and no money, you know, with friends and, and collaborators in the early days where the only thing we had was insurance and food, you know, money for. We, we just used whatever we could at our disposal. 
I think that don't undersell that, but don't forget that, yes, yeah, sometimes you're not going to be coming in at the same level as Kate or me because I'm an overnight sensation that took 18 years of hard work, you know, to get to that that point of, of kind of, um, that point of being able to be in positions of responsibility. It's not positions of power. I consider my job a position of responsibility. Um, um, and just somebody's touched on age there. You're never too old. <laughs> it's just like it's the energy levels. That's that's where uh, that's where I'd say to to think about. Does that answer your question, Tim? And you know, yeah, yeah. I think kind of that point about um, age. You know, uh, the scheme that we have that's our sort of um, headline new talent initiative is breakthrough. The oldest person that's been on that was 56. So this is about identifying people who've had a break a breakthrough in the past year or two. His breakthrough moment didn't come till he was 56. So there are plenty of examples who, of people. And again, I'm sure that was probably, you know, 36 years in the making. But um, yeah, um, I think also uh, the kind of um, point about trying to be uh, a problem solver for people and trying to like demonstrate that's your kind of attitude. People on, particularly on film sets and, and you know, game production, you know, these are rapidly turning rapid kind of projects, they're short term. They need people who are who are gonna just pick up and run with things and get the job done. So anything you can do to demonstrate that you've got that kind of skill set, I think is really, really key. Um, there's also a specific question about screenwriting, which uh, needs to get both your perspectives on. Uh, so the question is, just for the sake of the audience, can't see it. Um, uh, about get, the questions about getting into screenwriting, I hear that it's important to pair up with an exec producer production company who wants to take your script, but there seems to be different schools of thought with the need to get an agent early on. Do you think it's more important to get an agent before approaching producers? Sarah, do you want to take this? Yeah, I mean, I answered the question an awful lot, even for the BAFTA Rockcliffe um, alumni and stuff. It's a chicken and egg situation with agents, unless you've got something, got a bit of heat around you. Um, it's really, there's very little an agent can do for you. They, you know, often what I say to people is, look, if you've got, go out there and make some meetings and, you know, ask people, can you sit in a writer's room? Can you sit in, you know, and that's through the competition. We try to make those kind of connections. But I think it's, you know, a lot of agents have got a lot of people on their books who are working and it's really, really hard. So you have to do a lot of the legwork yourself to create to create some heat around yourself and um, by either making some short films that get into festivals, by, you know, applying, as Kate said earlier, the theatre, um, particularly the, the one act play um, festivals that they do at, at the Royal Court. The Arcola does one. Uh, there's Women Rights as well that does one act plays, 15 minute plays. Those kind of things create heat around you. And that's what an agent is going to look for. And same with the producer. A producer, you know, yeah, I'll, I'll look at your Bible. I'll look at your thing. And if it's great, but by and large, a lot of the stuff that gets greenlit, as Kate will probably attest to, you need to have some experience to show that you're going to be work able to work under those pressures, particularly in TV. But Kate, I'm sure you've got your own bit to add on this. So it's a chicken and egg. You're not going to get an agent based on a couple of spec scripts. It's rare, but it has happened. Yeah, I think it sort of also depends what you're what you're going into. Uh, I think certainly if I cast my mind back to day, days a bit more in film then obviously doing short films and even doing micro budget stuff it's you don't necessarily always see that people have got agents sometimes they've just managed to kind of come up that route um but then you know if you're doing anything kind of on a bigger budget level or certainly anything for network television then generally yes we don't take unsolicited scripts for example most production companies don't um so it's generally scripts are sent in generally via an agent um, but there are ways of, of getting that. And I think looking looking more broadly, looking to short film, looking to theatre, are really great ways to do that. Yeah, thank you. There's a nice question, which is, uh, how did you get your break in the industry? Which might be good to share with the people. Farah, is there one thing that you uh, identify? Uh, so I, I, I think I was kind of just got lucky in the right place at the right time to get a bit, but also it's that thing of transferable skills. So I worked in a completely different industry. I uh, came up through social services and then ran a charity. But so I'd done a lot of fundraising and budgeting and had a lot of volunteers working under me. So I had 
management skills in those ways. But I also, on the side, I used to make um, short films for bands and uh, this was the 90s. So I apologize for the uh, aged reference, but I was a VJ. So I had a kind of creative side of things as well. And actually, I worked at a youth club and somebody said to me, there's a producer course coming up. You'd be brilliant at it because you've got, you know how to tell a story, but you also know how to raise money and manage people. And I, honestly, I had no idea what a producer did. I'd applied to film school a couple of years earlier to be a director, but not gone for various reasons. Didn't know what, what a producer did. Went along to the course and thought, this is, this is my calling. This is what I should be doing. This absolutely makes sense to me. Um, so it was kind of luck. On one hand, I think I often say a bit too self-deprecating. It's kind of luck. But it was also about kind of being able to harness the existing skills I had and put them together to make something else. Brilliant. And Farah, what would you say was your big break? <laughs> There's been several. So the first short film that I made, I found at Rockcliffe. Um, and Rockcliffe changed my career, just getting that, creating that network of people to work with. Um, it was, a, it was about a desperate woman who breaks into a sperm bank. So I went to Cannes and I asked every man to donate their sperm and give me the proceeds. And we ended up in all the newspapers. It was a very dull year in Cannes that year, 2003 or 2004. And because we, we, we'd applied to all the funding bodies and they wouldn't give us the money. So we were in all the newspapers, you know, as the sperm angels. And we were on the ITN news, even in the Financial Times. And it was like... So that kind of that changed everything, and we should have made a feature film because we, but we just thought that it was a rights passage that we had to make a short. And then I'd made a lot of independent kind of British films, and I think two things that happened was I made a short film called The Party, which got nominated for BAFTA, and that was just one day I woke up and I want I wanted to do this, and it was Screen Ireland were applying were created this fund which had 100k to make a short to celebrate the 1916 rising and our emancipation from the British not being political and um and that kind of that short film coupled with the fact that I was making a feature film in New York at a much higher budget level than the you know million pound films that I was making in the UK but those two things just showed a caliber and quality that I really aspired to and so Irreplaceable, you got bought by Netflix a week before we shot it. And in that same two week period, um, I came over, I left filming for the weekend and came back and, you know, was nominated for a BAFTA. So those things kind of spiraled that year of 2017 for me into a year of great creativity and two things that really changed my career because Irreplaceable, you led to doing the ABC murders because I'd worked in an American system was highly unionized. I'd worked with stars like Christopher Walken and, you know, who, you know, and Steve Coogan and, you know, Jackie Weaver and all these big A-list stars. So I could show that I could manage, you know, big talent at that level. And actually they're just human beings like the rest of us. That's what I've discovered. But it's like, and that was something I'd put together like talent wise. And so for me, those are the big things, but there's always different stages where I feel I've taken another step forward in my career. Great. We've got quite a few questions, so I'm going to flip through them uh, rapidly. So somebody's asking about whether you can put on put events, like attending events like this on your CV. I would say absolutely. It shows a dem demonstrates a commitment to the industry and an interest in the industry. But I would also say just think about Kate's point about the transferable skills, because, you know, some of the skills that you need to work in the industry, you can, well, all of the skills you can develop elsewhere. Uh, and I think that the Screen Skills website has got really good job profiles on it which actually breaks things down in terms of the skills that you need. So that really helps you to think, okay, so in order to get into this area of the industry, I might need to demonstrate teamwork. Well, I can demonstrate teamwork because, you know, I've worked as part of a team at Tesco or I've worked as part of the team in my football team or whatever. So I think, think, think both of those things, you need to demonstrate a passion for the industry and also the transferable skills. Farah, are you itching to get in or are you just leaning no, forward no. from the enthusiasm? <laughs> I just think that's really, I was leaning forward because I'm reading the scripts because I'm wearing glasses because since been on Zoom, my eyesight and having COVID two years ago, my eyesight's definitely deteriorated. So that's why Hopefully I'm leaning <laughs> to okay. read the questions. <laughs> well, on that, is there a difference between networking face-to-face -face and on Zoom? I mean, oh, absolutely. Yeah. Um, I never, uh, never want to drink on Zoom ever again. <laughs> I think one, one thing that we haven't really touched on as well, I think is about making friends with assistants. You know, you don't always, you don't have to uh, make contact or have coffee with an exec producer. 
um, that might not be the worst, best way forward. We're busy um, and we're generally really busy trying to set shows up, um, but there'll be assistants within the company who are constantly my eyes and ears. Um, and the same for with agents, you know, don't, don't go for the top agent within the company, try and make contact with one of the assistants. They are always going to be the eyes and ears of the people above them because they're the ones on the ground going out, seeing the new theatre stuff, meeting new people. But also, they're the agents and the EPs of the future. So they're relationships for life. They're not just relationships for now and what they can get you now. So I think never underestimate the power of an assistant and getting in with them. I think that's a really good tip. Um... We've got a question from Robert, who's developing a feature film set in Dublin with a senior writer from Northern Ireland. Uh, he's directed two narrative films. One was, will be screening soon in the London Independent Film Festival. He's emailed several agents uh, in order to get them along, but he hasn't had any replies yet. So how can he get onto the radar of producers and execs to land narrative directing gigs without an agent? You just have to keep making content in many ways and just keep, you know, saying to people what you've done. The fact that you've done something is one thing, but, you know, asking asking people to attend a festival is like, you know, it's a bit like the Zoom versus the interview. You know, there's very, I'm happy to do an interview on Zoom, but I think there's some things that need to be done in person. I love seeing things on the big screen, but I just may not have the time to go into a festival in town. So maybe send them a link or send them, you know, the trailer for something which takes two minutes to watch. And, you know, if they're interested, they'll, they'll follow up. It's really hard. It's tenacity, it's luck, it's connection. It's sitting beside the right person on a train plane and or a cinema. It, it, some of this is just down to, you know, happenstance, but it's also down to talent as well. And I just think commit to a career, not a single project. So you've got to have more than one, you know, project to your uh, belt. But it is hard. But the fact that you've made something is brilliant. So you know, congrats to you on that because that's you. It's put you in in a in a very small percentile of people. And so start entering it into festivals and start seeing which festivals qualify for the BAFTA New Talent Awards and things like that. Because that's yeah. one of the big things. Once you start to get that buzz around you, it's great. Yeah, so he is in one of the festivals, and I think in London Independent Film Festival, that I think counts along. That's a lot of people see festival selections as a bit of a filter for the things that they should take, uh, pay attention to. So really, like leaning into that and saying, "Great news! I've been I've been selected for this festival," and then that yeah. will get you uh, bump you up on the radar. Kim, I'll just add to that as well. If you've got a feature film or a short film, the British Council have um, a, a, a programme where they actually screen for festival programmers. So uh, Rowan Woods, I think, is the person who runs that. But if you go into the British Council film section, um, you can submit a film and, and she basically does screenings for festival programmers. And that's a way to kind of build up momentum. And it's much cheaper than submitting the film yourself um to the festivals so that's a really good tip for you to get that film out there cool um another agent question i've just had my first screenplay options in quite a substantial deal for a new writer congratulations uh however i'm still struggling to get an agent to help deal with help with the deal just about 25 years in the industry and recommendations from respected industry contacts do you have any advice on how to wow an agent with the initial contact letter email um Kate, do you have any? No, I mean, I'm quite surprised if there's a, a, a deal uh, on offer that, you, that they're not uh, biting your hand off because uh, there's money to be made. Um, so I guess uh, be, be as specific as you can with the agents that you're targeting, that they represent people that do um, work along similar lines. Look for the agents within an agency that have recently moved up to take on new client lists because... At the end of the day, they've all got really busy client lists and it might simply be that they just don't have space for another client at the moment. So really look for the people, assistants step up to be junior, junior agents and they're always looking to build their books. So look for those people, I'd say, within the agencies that you're interested in. Cool. Um, so Brittany asks, she's saying, thank you for the session of sharing practical and helpful tips. No trouble at all, Brittany. Um, uh, so I'm an entertainment factual uh, assistant producer. 
my experiences in non-scripted TV programmes, do you think the move from non-scripted to scripted projects is doable? How do you begin to make that move, especially for producing? I do think it is possible. I think now, as I've started with saying, it's really busy out there and we're kind of really looking for people across the board. So I think now is a good time. I think certain places, certain kind of training companies are doing schemes for people to step over from one part of the industry to another. So really look out for those options and also be prepared to take a side step or, or even to a degree a back step in order to make that move across. Because I think you might, you know, some, somebody might take a side step or a back step initially, but then propel forward quite quickly after that. Sarah, anything to add on that? Yeah, there are lots of schemes of being able to cross over as well, and, and there's more of a push towards um, agencies to not to have a series producer and then bring in sort of lesser experienced producers to cross over. And it's it's reaching out to producers who are out there and just saying you're interested in doing, doing exactly that. I think, um, you know, it, it's again, it's about meeting the producers in TV, writing to them, asking them for a coffee, writing to Kate, you know, maybe not Kate, but somebody within Bad Wolf, but many of the bigger companies like Mammoth, like uh, Bad Wolf, like, um, you know, Key Street, you know, the, the bigger um, the bigger companies are very happy to kind of bring in and encourage people to come through. And, and producing is producing. It's managing budgets, it's managing people, it's managing schedules, you know, it's keeping everything running and by and large, all having the same vision for what, what it is. So the fact that you understand the professionalism behind that and the and the overriding structure is, is amazing. And the Writers Guild also have an associate membership for those of you who want to write that you can join and they give advice and contracts and, and deals and stuff like that. So just have a look at the Writers Guild of Great Britain. Um, they've got some really good um, associate memberships and support. Yeah, the only thing I would add is that, is that I think in factual and, and uh, entertainment and non-scripted formats, often people really, it's about access and it's about knowing your subject matter and your a particular audience. And that's often in terms of kind of uh, fiction writing, like what people really strive for is that authentic, authentic, authentic voice. So I think to lean into that as well about like, you know, these particular areas you know these particular subject matters and and you can bring that kind of area of authenticity to uh scripted work um last five minutes so uh when sending emails what should the subject line look like uh i would say as clear and concise as possible if you're inviting someone to an event put the de event details in it uh if you're kind of if you uh, are asking with, writing with a request make sure that that's really clear that that's what you're asking so that people who are, have got really busy workloads and heavy uh, email inboxes uh, can just scan through and kind of know exactly what they get they're being asked for uh, do you have any tips on that either of you subject matter emails yeah. <laughs> just, just clarity I think first line under that, first line of the email is more key to me. I'm not sure I even register the subject line, um, but I will kind of get that kind of preview window. And, and sometimes that is literally all I read, uh, unless it's gripping me and then I'll read further down the email. So I think the first kind of first line of your email is the crucial bit. Yeah, yeah I, I do. I get a lot of like unsolicited emails from people and generally if they if I don't recognize the name then I'm not really going to pay attention to it so if you for me if you have a subject line that you just like you know introduction to new writer or whatever like that then at least helps me to to know it's not just spam it's not just somebody writing to me um so anything that can make it make it look like it's you know specific and not um Keep not just spam keep it brief and to the point of what you want i don't have time to read through swathes of text no then, you know i mean just keep it really really brief yeah um uh quick question how do you um do you attend theater shows or short film screenings to find new talent and screenwriters i think yeah. that is yes and lots we know that that's where a lot of agents do you go to find talent uh how did you get your first film made as i think answered that uh i think that um what she was saying about that sort of stunt on the red carpet is really good anything that makes you stand out in all of these situations and i was going to share an example i didn't i went to a networking session years ago and this guy had a little postcard for his film 
and he had a little stamper that gave you the password for the Vimeo thing. That's really stood out in my mind. I still remember it. And I did go home and watch the film because it made me feel like he'd made an special effort and it was really, uh, uh, it just stood out in my mind, which is always, always good. Um, okay, this is a good question, I think, to end on. So I try to be confident and assertive in networking sessions, but I don't always succeed. Do you have any tips for overcoming that feeling of imposter syndrome and not feeling good enough? Just remember, we all feel the same. Yeah. 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 The power Uh, pose. Power pose, those kind of habits. I think the other thing that, from my point of view, somebody who's done lots of interviews over the years, is that in those situations, most people are decent and most people want you to succeed. Nobody's trying to trip you up or try, they want you to to be the best version of yourself. Uh, and I think kind of in those environments, it's very easy to feel like everybody's, you know, looking at you and they're trying to trip you up and they want to um, find, find, you know, your kind of weaknesses. They don't at all. Most people are decent people and kind of they, they want to find new talent. They want to find new collaborators and they're interested in, in people and they want you to do well. Um, Tim, can I just add to that as well? Just it's it's tempting to over embellish on CVs or to to um, to kind of you know expand the truth, and it suddenly so so for example, people who claim that they won the BAFTA Rockcliffe New Writing Competition, who claim that they won a BAFTA award for screenwriting, um, or when they didn't win, they were actually on the long list. That kind of because it always comes back to me, and people you see it, and it's very misrepresentative of what it is. And people claim it to have won something that they haven't, and it's it's really easy to find out the truth, um, because we publish all the names. Um, and so I think you know I've heard people kind of go, oh my film my film was shortlisted for a BAFTA, um, particularly short films, and it's actually what it was is that it qualified for a BAFTA festival and not actually shortlisted for a BAFTA. So it's just things like that. Just don't don't embellish. Just tell the truth. It's you that we're interested in, you know. So oh, there's a couple of quick last ones. So there's going to have to be the last ones. Are business cards relevant? I think Paris talks about that. having an electronic version. It's probably how most people use, use their contacts. Uh, but then I would say that like, if you're going to do something gimmicky that makes you stand out, then by all means, go ahead and do that. Uh, but that's not, not necessarily cheap. Uh, so, okay, this is a good question to end on. Why did you both want to get into this industry <laughs> and who would play you in a film? Uh, so, uh, Farah, why, uh, why did you want to get into this industry? I've always known you want to work in this industry in some shape or form. I just didn't know what that shape would be. I thought it was acting because it was the only thing way and I knew. Um, and who would have it? Well, right now, I just think Joanna Scanlon is absolutely amazing and I loved her in After Love. So it would be her, Gugu Mbatha Rob, Millie Driver was on that list for a while. You know, anyone's skinny. <laughs> 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 obviously Tim knows me I'm I'm, I'm I am very I, I love my food so <laughs> but I want to be skinny Sienna Miller <laughs> Lily James oh gosh you got a list all right and Kate uh why did you want to get into the industry and if you'd like who would play you in a film I have no idea who would play me in a film I think I'd probably have to be animated um <laughs> but I I didn't know I wanted to get into the industry I uh, fell into it and then found my calling and I really do believe it's a calling it's not an easy industry and you have to have a passion for it and you have to live and breathe it to want to do it I think and I just have a question Kate I mean we were talking earlier about imposter syndrome but you found times that I imagine just like me where you're so tired that you've cried and wondered why the hell do you do this well maybe you haven't maybe you don't feel like that but do you find yourself like going why do I why do I do this has that ever happened to you because it happened to me yeah absolutely absolutely it's it's I mean you know everybody sees it as glamorous and uh god knows it can be well paid at times but it can also be like really really not well paid particularly when you're starting out or particularly when you're in independent film and there have definitely been times when I feel like I'm throwing my life and soul at the industry and it's giving me absolutely nothing back. But I think that you, if you've got the passion for it, you hang on in there. And I think if you hang on in there, hopefully you'll get <laughs> rewarded at some point. Definitely. Okay. 
I'm going to end it there. I'm one minute over, so apologies for that. But thank you so much for sharing those uh, helpful and practical tips and advice and for your time today. And thank you to everyone who attended. Uh, we really appreciate that. Um, if you have enjoyed the session, please take a look at the rest of the, the sessions that are happening as part of Guru Live all throughout this week. The next one is screenwriting with normal people, screenwriter Alice Birch, which is today at 6pm. 6, 6 uh, and there is a link coming now in the chat so where you can um, explore the rest of the programme. But it just remains for me to say thank you again to our wonderful panellists, uh, Kate and Farah. And good luck to everybody. Um, and hope you, hopefully you can put something into practice um, and that will help you table uh, charge your career. Uh, so yeah, best of luck. Thanks for joining us. And remember, you can listen to previous BAFTA sessions and podcasts at guru.bafta.org.